Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. So, when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you were looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The Gospel of the Lord. Please bow with me in prayer. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts. Set them on fire with love for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. You know, with the subliminal messages coming through the two readings, some of you are now thinking, gee, I wonder what I am going to have for brunch or for lunch, you know, with the bread from heaven stuff going on. Because so often our minds really are fixed on food. Think about it. When we have breakfast, we're thinking about, now, where am I going to have lunch or brunch, you know? Especially when you're at church on Sunday, because our minds float so easily in church. Do you ever notice that? Just happens so quickly. And then we start thinking about what are we going to have for dinner? Because food is often on our minds. And the reality is, even though we say sometimes words like, I'm really hungry, or even I'm starving, it's not reality most of the times. We're just thinking about food. 
And it's funny because back in those days, they really were often hungry or even on the verge of starving. And as much as when we say words like that, we don't really have to think too hard because we have food all around us. We have food at home. We can go to fast food joints. We can go to wonderful restaurants on the island. We can even pick some, something up at a convenience store. But back then, particularly the Israelites coming out of Egypt after having been delivered from bondage in Egypt, think about what they might have been thinking. There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. They've just left knowing or reasonably knowing they would always have food in Egypt. Going out into the wilderness several days wondering where they were going to get food. And so they complain. And they really could have starved out in the wilderness. And fast forward to the gospel reading where the people came out to hear Jesus preach and teach. Because they had heard about this incredible preacher and teacher. And probably even heard about that he was a miracle worker. And they may have come out for the whole day. They may or may not have come out with food, but the fact that they were there for so long and they had come out from their homes and there were no restaurants and no fast food joints. They didn't know where they were going to get some food. And there were, we were told, 5,000 men and women and children besides. You know, maybe there were enough, maybe there were enough restaurants in Jerusalem. Because they could handle people of of that number during the feasts and festivals. And probably at Rome. But not where they were now. And so we're told Jesus had compassion on them. And he performed this miracle with the five loaves and the two fish. And he fed the 5,000 plus plus. So in in the Old Testament... God provides manna, bread from heaven, for the people. For 40 years, by the way, every day, they had food to eat because of God's miraculous provision. And interestingly enough, when they hit the promised land, we're told in Joshua chapter 5, that once they started eating in the promised land, the manna ceased. Because why? They didn't need it anymore. Interesting. But then Jesus provides his bread. Because they were hungry. Because he had compassion on them. Because they came out to hear him. Because they were curious. And he wanted to meet their needs. He wanted to, if you will, take care of them. Because they were pursuing a possible relationship with him. And so he feeds them. Hearkening back to this whole idea of manna. Hearkening back to this bread from heaven. God's provision for the people. 
And so what does he do? He dismisses them because he perceived not exactly the right motive. They wanted to make him king. They wanted a new Moses, but actually more than a new Moses. They wanted to make him king. Hey, this guy can feed us. And we like what he says. I mean, we're really feeling good right now. We're feeling good because he says great words about this relationship with God. And he fed us and we got full bellies and he did it without a whole lot of work. Maybe we don't have to work anymore. He can just feed us all the time. This is a great deal. Let's make him king. So what does he do? He dismisses them. He says, go home. We don't know whether they did or not, by the way. Maybe many of them did. Then he dismisses his apostles, tell them to go across the lake, presumably to go towards home. Because we're told they're near Capernaum, and that's Jesus' new home. And then he goes up on the mountain to pray. Probably praying for the people, praying for his apostles, praying for clarity in his own mission, because one of the temptations that he had before from Satan in Matthew chapter 4 was to be king, which he didn't want that temptation. So then he walks on the water, across the water, normal day. Gets to the other side. And the people are looking for him. And the first thing that Jesus does when they find him is he speaks the truth about their heart and their motive. He said, I want you to be clear about where your heart is right now. You know, the Lord will do that if we're willing to open our hearts to Him. If we're really willing to be honest with ourselves. He speaks to their heart. He said, take a look inside. You're here because you had a full belly. That's why you're here. Because I fed you. Because you like what you experienced yesterday. Because you like the words and then you like the full belly. But really, what it is, is you want me to take care of you. You want me to be your king. You want me to be like Moses, but you want this Messiah who's going to be like the king that's going to provide for you, the conquering king. You're missing it. Because you need to listen to the words that I said. The words that I said is, God wants a relationship with you. God wants you to be a holy people. What they wanted was a genie in a lamp. And how oftentimes that's really what we want. We want a God of convenience and comfort. We want a God who does what we want, when we want. And so Jesus fleshes this out a little bit more with them. 
And it's really, really interesting what he says. He says, you know, let me be clear in what you're looking for. They said, Moses, you know, he fed the people. And Jesus said, no, it wasn't Moses, it was God. But they forgot. They forgot that the people complained. You know, we want to go back to Egypt. We want to be in slavery again. Did they really want that? No. What they really wanted was to be taken care of. And God did that. And once they saw God's provision of being released from bondage and God's miraculous deliverance and God's provision for them of bread and meat and water, more than what they needed, really. And God says, now you understand that I want you to be my people and I will care for you. Then Moses went up the mountain to get the covenant that they might become God's holy people. What do they do? They make an idol. They forget. And then they cross into the promised land and they become prosperous. And what do they do? They forget again. So God sends prophets to them to remind them. And they dismiss the prophets and they drift from the Lord. And God sends more prophets and they repent and they forget again. So Jesus is saying, you can't forget what God is really about. He's not simply about your prosperity. You're feeling like you have a full belly. You're getting what you desire. God is about a relationship with you, about you becoming his holy people, about you walking with him. That's what he's about. He desires that relationship with you. He loves you. He cares for you. But he wants you to understand what's best. And you're missing it. Because he loves you. And so Jesus is trying to flesh this out with them. To try to say, if you really understand what I'm about, this is what's best for you. Best for your families. Best for your community. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. So what do they say? Okay, well then give us a sign. What did he just do? Wait, feeding 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, I guess that wasn't enough of a sign? That would be pretty good for me. But see, that's what happened to Jesus over and over again. Is that he would reveal himself. And people would say, yeah, but you know what? We want to see more. That's what happened with the Israelites in the Old Testament. They would be delivered from Egypt. Yeah, but you know, that's not good enough. And then they would be given manna. Yeah, but that's not good enough. And then God would give them the Ten Commandments. Yeah, but you know, it's really not good. Over and over again, that's what we do to God. Isn't it interesting? 
So he feeds the 5,000. And they say, so show us a sign. And he tells them the sign that he would do two other times in two different venues. He says, I'm the bread. I'm God's provision for you. The bread broken for you. That we remember every Sunday. That they would learn in hindsight. And then he says in Matthew 12, when the Pharisees would demand sign again. After he had revealed himself in signs before that. He said, the sign that I'm going to give you is the sign of Jonah. The sign of three days being in the earth. And then we'll rise again. The cross and the resurrection. And then in John chapter 2, earlier in John's gospel. The sign that I will give you is destroy this temple. And in three days I will rise again. The cross and the resurrection. Just like I am the bread of life. Which we remember every week in communion. The cross And the resurrection. That is the definitive sign. The depth of God's love in Jesus Christ. That he died in our place for our sin. So that we might understand the depth of his love. That he might make us his people. And rise again to show us the power that he has over sin and death. That is the definitive sign. And that's why he says, he that comes to me will not hunger. And he that believes in me will never thirst. Because he provides that spiritual need that we desperately have. That he's planted in us. That he will fill. So that we might understand what it means that he is our God and we are his people. And you know, it's interesting how the people respond to him after he reveals this to them later on in John chapter six, which you need to go home and read at some point. You don't have to do it today. You might have plans today, lunch or brunch, you know. But at some point. John chapter six, verse 60. What do the people say? This is too difficult for us. We just want, you know, you to take care of us, our bellies filled. But this is too difficult for us. And then verse 66. Many of his disciples no longer followed him. We're not talking about just people that are out there kind of checking. His disciples. And we see it all the time. People who are in church, people who say they're committed to the Lord, they get caught up in the things of the world, the material world, who say, you know what, I'd rather have this. That I want God to provide this for me, but I don't really want to follow Him. Because it's too hard. It's inconvenient. 
You know, the reality is the desires and needs that we have as human beings, God has placed there. I don't know if you realize that because God made you. You know, when I came to realize this kind of a new or fresh is the last month and a half. Being with my two grandchildren. Being with Owen, who, when I was with him, was two months old. And two weeks ago, being with Simon, who was two weeks old. There you go. Why do babies cry? Just to get us? No. Babies cry because they have a need, right? They cry when they're hungry. They cry when they're tired. They cry when they need their diaper changed. They cry when they want to be held. We get cranky when we're hungry. We get cranky when we're tired. We get cranky when we need some loving care. We get cranky when we're uncomfortable or hurting. Right? Am I wrong? We're still babies. Just in big bodies. There you go. God has placed those desires in us to be met in a godly way. And unfortunately, we don't always do that because we don't always seek him. We want to do it our way. Our desires met our way instead of his way. And that's when we get into trouble. That's when we lack his peace. That's when we don't seek his love. And then we wonder why things go wrong. He's given us those desires. And sometimes we misunderstand needs with wants. Like, for example, I say I need to play golf on Thursdays. Which really, in many ways, I really do need that. But it's really a desire. But I think God gives us certain freedoms because we need balance in life. He gives us a certain amount of freedom. As long as we handle what we handle in a godly way. Balance. We need a balanced diet. We need exercise. We need rest. And see, a lot of times we get out of balance because we don't do what is essential. To pray. To feed on his word. 
to draw from the living water the Holy Spirit to quench our thirst, to be in worship, that we might take in His bread, the living bread. And we get out of balance because we put material, physical, worldly things ahead of taking care of our basic needs. We need fellowship, loving care, and encouragement. We need to give ourselves away so that we have balance in our lives. Service. That's the way God has made us. And many walked away because they said, this is too difficult. When it's really not. Not when we do it in His strength. Not when we come to Him when we're hungry. Not when we believe in Him when we're thirsty. Jesus said in John 6, I am the bread of life. And in John 7, streams of living water will flow through you. That's when we seek Him for our basic needs. We're about to share in a baptism. Of a baby. But the reality is, we're all babies in big bodies. We all have those basic needs. It's a great opportunity to renew your own commitment to the Lord. To try to seek Him every day. Let's just pause in prayer before we share in this time. Lord God, you have given us appetites, the most basic being for you. That when we turn away from you, a slow decay, eating away at our heart and our soul and our strength. When we seek to feed our appetites in an ungodly way, that we drift from you. When we substitute the material for the spiritual. And we wither and decay. When you desire that we would thrive and live. Lord God, we pray that we would feed on you every day. That you would fill us by your Holy Spirit and have those streams of living water. That we would feed on the bread of life. That we would learn what it means to not be hungry. And never thirst. Because we believe and trust in you. Fill us now, Lord. And renew our strength. As we renew our own baptismal covenant with you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.